Just about 7.36, now hosting thousands of Olympians and many more fans for the Winter Games, Pyeongchang was a little-known county, home to less than a quarter of the number of visitors last week alone. So, you know, putting that in perspective, when you've got about 45,000 residents and then you have four times that number coming in one weekend, you can imagine the strain, the challenge, and the fact that this is a, a county area, not not a city as such, even though when we talk about Olympic venues, we, we usually do talk of, of cities. There are a few areas of question and, and confusion here. Let's see if we can clarify with Terence Burns, chairman and CEO of T-Burn Sports Group, a long-time Olympic marketing executive who can address with us now what it took to win the right to transform this area into such an important event venue. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Good morning. And, you know, you had the privilege of working closely alongside the likes of Kim Yon Ah in the build-up to this bid, didn't you? Um, you must feel very pleased the way it's all gone in the years since then. Yes, it's a great sense of pride. Um, I've been back to Korea two or three times since uh, the victory in Durban back in 2011, but I have not been out here uh, to uh, to the venues or to Pyeongchang or Gangneung since 2011. So it's very, very beautiful to see the venues in place and in use and uh, the pride of the Korean people. So, yeah, very proud. Yeah, so you're in Pyeongchang right now. We should emphasize that point. Can you just briefly clarify exactly what your role was? Yeah, I was uh, what I do for every Olympic bid, and I've worked on actually five of them that have won. Um, I'm the brand strategist, uh, the communication strategist. My initial role is to come in and help the city define its reason, for lack of a better word, why, to answer the question, why Pyeongchang, when you're competing against other great cities in the world. Pardon me. And uh, it's marketing, communications, and brand all rolled into one, so more of a strategy role. Also, during that process, uh, I'm responsible for, uh, in Pyeongchang's case, we had, I think, 10 presentations to the Olympic family all around the world. And those range anywhere from 15 minutes to 45 minutes in length. Um, so I'm the architect and the manager of those as well to make sure that our message is clear and consistent as to why we're different and why that matters to the Olympic movement. But it's not like 2018 was the first attempt at hosting uh, a Winter Olympics. Pyeongchang had failed before to Vancouver and Sochi. So we might say this was third time lucky uh, to use a, a, mm. a rather flippant phrase there because the reality, I'm sure, was a lot of hard work, as you've already hinted at. But um, how, how much did it help having gone through those previous two failures, do you think, for Pyeongchang? Um. I assume a great deal. What's interesting is I worked for Vancouver 2010 when we defeated Pyeongchang, and I worked for Sochi 2014 when we defeated Pyeongchang. Their narrative during both of those bids was predicated on one and on one thing, reunification of the Korean Peninsula. Uh, and we all know that that's important, and we see what's happening in the current games and the, and the current geopolitical environment. Um, but as I've written many, many times, actually, there's a very long piece on my, my blog on how Pyeongchang won. Um, that particular uh, story didn't actually uh, 
attract the attention of the IOC members who were voting for 2010 and 2014 simply because it was a risky, a very risky uh, strategy. And uh, for 2018, I uh, when they hired me, uh, we had a, a bit of a challenge, as you do sometimes with clients, to change the direction of uh, the 2018 bid. And uh, that's when I came up with New Horizons. I came up with the uh, the brand positioning that Pyeongchang would open winter sport to hundreds of millions of youth in Asia. Uh, it's oversaturated in Europe. So we thought, let's change the narrative and try to convince the IOC to take the Winter Games to a place uh, that it's never been in an area that's in great need of, of winter sport development. And that's how that came about. And then you had figures like Kim Yon-a, who perhaps was in exactly the right place at the right time as a figure skating icon to to give a boost to this bid. Yeah, we used Yuna right at the very end. Um, the uh, the strategy there was she was a big star. Uh, she's an Olympian, obviously, well-known, coming off of her Vancouver uh, victory. Um, I resisted using her earlier in the campaign. I wanted to save her towards the end of the campaign. You know, it's it's very strategic when you have 10 presentations how you use different individuals. I've said this before, uh, the secret weapon for... Chung Chung 2018 was a woman named Teresa Ra, who was my uh, absolute go-to for every presentation. She was extraordinary. Uh, she carried the presentations uh, in every way. Very helpful. You and I used we used her in um, Lausanne, and we also used her in Durban, and we also used a very uh, exciting person that surprised everybody, Toby Dawson as you may or may not remember, an American um, skier who was born in Japan and then adopted, excuse me, born in Korea, beg your pardon, and adopted by American parents. And uh, he had a great story to tell about why New Horizons would have made a big difference for him. Yeah, well, we, we had the pleasure so, of speaking to him on more than one occasion and those who know yeah, him. And, well, and he's had an impact on all sorts of people, actually, even at the Olympics at the moment. He's coaching. So so his mm-hmm. legacy certainly has proven to be exactly that, helping to create new horizons here. But overall, what do you think about the way it's turned out? It, certainly the inter-Korean unification theme, whether or not you thought it was wise to go down that route, has, uh, has been a dominant factor. It has. Uh, it's been fortuitous in terms of timing. Um, but I still would never uh, use that as my key differentiator in an Olympic brand simply because uh, it's a risky proposition to hang it on politics. You never know what's going to happen. You have to have rational players, and often in politics that isn't the case. And we typically in the Olympics try to separate politics from sport. The fact that uh, what's transpired here with North Korea has been uh, great for, for, for everybody to a greater or lesser degree. Um, but uh, still, the focus on these games is and always has been about extending winter sport to the, I think, 900 million young people within three hours of Pyeongchang. I mean, also from a marketing perspective, I don't know whether this is a question that you've personally had to deal with professionally or whether it's just something of, of interest to you, but Pyeongchang has to, to keep going 
as a, a ski destination and, and as a winter sports destination after the Games. It's a great marketing tool, isn't it? Say you've been an Olympic host venue. Mm-hmm. Do you think that? Do you think it will be able to succeed in Asia, though? Because you've got so much Japanese competition, for example, where a lot of people will say, oh, I'm just going to go on my skiing holiday there. Will people be able to take the risk, do you think, on Pyeongchang after these games? I think so. And I think also we have developed, uh, Pyeongchang has developed some elite-level uh, facilities to, to train its athletes, where before it may have to go, may have, you know, Korean athletes may have had to go abroad for training at the elite level. Uh, now they'll have those facilities in country. They'll be able to train here. Uh, and I agree with you that the um, uh, being a former Olympic host city is always a, a draw for tourism, etc. So I think there's a place for both. There's a place for elite-level uh, use of these venues post-games and also recreational use of the venues post-games. At least that's the plan. Yeah, well, we all want to see more gold medals in the future as a legacy of this, and that would be wonderful. But the reason I, of course, emphasize the tourist aspect is the money side of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, do do you feel that um, in terms of being an expenditure black hole, they sometimes call hosting any sort of major event like this, that, that Pyeongchang will be able to to be different. It's certainly a lot less expensive than, than Sochi was. Yeah, for sure it is. I mean, the Olympics are many things to the host countries. Uh, and, and the concept of betting for the Olympic Games is changing quite rapidly. Um, Pyeongchang's bid today, if you were bidding today, would have to be quite different. Uh, it would have to prove that it has more existing facilities. It would use more temporary facilities. The IOC is moving away uh, from what you're referring to, giant expenditures. But also, hosting an Olympic Games has benefits that are sometimes decades old. Uh, there, are, you know, there are national branding issues at play. And I always like to remind people, uh, I truly believe, because I've worked in, on many Russian bids and, and helped Sochi win, I've helped Russia win the World Cup, I believe that the 1980 Games in Moscow, for example, were the beginning of Glasnost and Perestroika, which led to the opening up of Russia and the eventual demise of the Soviet Union. That's a big statement, and we could debate that all day. But those are the types of benefits, long-term benefits, that hosting something like the Olympic Games can do for a nation. And if you want an example, look no further than this nation. They hosted the Games in 1988, which is the beginning of a renaissance for, for South Korea. In conclusion, if you were, as a marketing expert, to give your assessment from a perspective of Olympic marketing of the Pyeongchang 2018 Winter Olympics so far, the positives and the negatives, what would your assessment be? Well, I just got here the night before last, so I watched the first week at home back in the States, and I can tell you that uh, the, the visuals and the television coverage from OBS, which is the Olympic Broadcast System, has been amazing. It's absolutely beautiful. The venues are pristine. You've had great weather. The sport has been excellent. So from that perspective, um, I think it's been more than I thought it would be. It's just exciting. Uh, They're showing the city and the region uh, in a beautiful, beautiful light. 
negatives, uh, you know, I don't know. I haven't been here long enough to uh, to assess those. Um, I, I I get an Olympic city every time I go to one, and I the pixie dust infects me, and I'm always positive, and I, I just see all the goodness in it, and I, I really think long term about it. Um, I think Pyeongchang. Is, let's be honest. When I started working for Pyeongchang, nine, you know, seven, nine years ago, no one had heard of it. No one could pronounce it. No one could spell it. And now it's on the lips of, of every sports person around the world and, and indeed sports fans around the world. So to me, it's all upside. Thank you so much, marketing executive Terence Burns, chairman and CEO of T-Burns Sports Group, a key figure behind the victory of that bid to host what is now as you said, being discussed by many. Pyeongchang 2018. Thank you very much for your time. A pleasure. Thank you.